It's another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. Hey! I'm Joe Patrice. That's Catherine Rubino. It We're, is. Yeah. Chris Williams has yet to say anything, but he's here too. I like to have manners from time to time. That, wow. That's perfect. Wow. I'm that glad feels that, like a dig. I mean, look, look, I thought that was our most successful opening ever. Ever? <laughs> yeah. Really? Because I waited to interrupt you? Yeah. It's because you started differently. You like deliberately didn't say, hey, which is usually my cue to speak up. I know. Yes, I tried to do something that so would allow us to, to begin as though we kind of had a vague sense of professionalism. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The blow the belt. I think it, it, it's a certain charm that we constantly interrupt one another for the opening. Certain is carrying a lot of weight in there. I, th- I think I think it bears it out. Hmm. All right. Well, hey, this is Thinking Like a Lawyer, where those of us uh, above the law staffers here uh, talk about the week that was in legal news to mm-hmm. give you kind of a short short and sweet. If you aren't reading every single story, which you still should at Above the Law, you can get a quick little recap of what's going on by chatting with us for a little bit of time. So, yeah. Yeah, here we are. But before we get into the legal news... See, th- there goes your professionalism argument, Joe. That was, uh, I-, I mean, I don't control that. That just comes across whatever it's the beginning of our small talk, small talk section. <laughs> hey, what's going on with everybody? Uh, it was uh, very unseasonably warm here in New York uh, over the weekend, and then it became, you know, cold again. Yeah. I mean, that's not the most important news of the weekend. I don't think it is. I have I have the most the obvious most important story. Okay. That is not legal, of course. Okay. It is that 1989 Taylor's oh, version for God's sake. was released on Friday. Uh, I spent most of the weekend listening to the updated set list as well as the new vault tracks, which hot take alert. I think that 1989 vault tracks are by far the best set of vault tracks that we've gotten from any TV re-release. Wow. Now that we don't talk real banger, really kind of get you, get you, get you where you lives. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go there. Yeah, this is all this is all gonna happen. Suburban Legends, really great, great little tune. Yeah, I really slut. That's another great song. Uh, I think that overall these vault tracks are real bangers. Okay, that's super. Uh, is this the last version we have to worry about? Yeah, I no, mean, God, there are like, two more. Uh, oh so <laughs> she's really. Ah! <laughs> she's re-released four of her stolen uh, so, tracks. She still uh, has that, 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 was, that was rhetorical. No, we did it not need wasn't it. at all rhetorical. It was clearly no, no, it really wasn't. At this point, I'm expecting Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, Taylor's version. <laughs> There's which two more. Uh, album for those who uh, are. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm from Staten Island. I'm aware, uh, <laughs> but. Um, we still have debut and reputation left. The two that she has left to claim are her name and her reputation. And it's all done for a purpose. And there's tons of speculation that I think is probably accurate that uh, Taylor Swift 11, her 11th studio album, is probably in the process of being recorded as we speak. So there's also that to look forward for, to within the course of the next year or so is my guess. See, we went through an entire segment about Taylor Swift and no. did not mention Travis Kelsey. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, but, no that was great. Yeah. Well, I had to point it out, right? Yeah. So what else in non-tailored news is going on that is not also legally related? 
Nothing. See, nothing. I, told I don't you. know. This is only well, marginal. I had, I had yeah. a thing. Go for well, it. If we're, if we're being polite now. Um, <laughs> awesome. So what is it? Halloween is on the 31st? Every year. Yep. Yeah, this this time, just to be sure, you know, sometimes things change up. You carry the one. Well, they anyway, don't. there's no need for it anymore. <laughs> I already had the best costume of the year. I attended a Halloween party with a white sheet, a very large gold chain, and a, a clock. I attended as the ghost of Flavor Flav's career. Sure, mm. sure, I get and that. And the very next day, he's singing the, star, the, the national anthem. Did I cause yeah. it? Maybe. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was very spot on. So, you, you know, go. I don't see anybody else's costume bringing out a once musical legend out of hiding. So, you know. I saw it. I saw a thing this weekend that New York was on. Yeah, it, she's on House of Villains, okay. um, which I've watched. I'm a big fan um, of reality TV generally, as we all know. Uh, but yes, Tiffany New York Pollard, who was on, I think, season one of Flavor of Love, uh, is yeah. one of the stars of House of Villains. Yeah. Which I I also enjoyed the uh, I Love New York spinoff as well that uh, Tiffany starred in. So it's... Uh, it's a big Flavor yeah. Flav weekend. I, I, it was one of those things. Like I was scrolling and I saw I saw New York and thought I didn't know that this was still a thing. Uh, okay, well, yeah, let's put an end to this uh, small talk that we shall never speak of again. Small talk. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, so what's going on news-wise? I feel like the biggest thing that we should talk about, which is actually not a story from last week, but a story that, uh, well, I guess technically is from last week. It happened the very, very end of last week. Uh, that is how weeks work, though. Getting they have a beginning, a middle, end, and end. Yes, but Fight. to the extent that it's only reported on today, which uh, brings it to, to this week, but we should share. Strook uh, has been having trouble for a while trying to find merger partners, uh, most recently with Pillsbury, another firm that is traditionally star-crossed, like we've seen it try to merge with various people. I I can remember Oric at least, was one way back in the day and has never managed to do it. The two of them tried to get together, and those crazy kids couldn't make it work. What is, happened? Is law firm merger mania dead? No. So Strook couldn't get it done uh, and now may not ever get things done. Uh, what we learned over the, over the weekend is that Hogan Lovells is going to be snagging about half the partnership in a string of individual laterals. This has happened before. We uh, This is kind of how Bingham died uh, mm -hmm. with... Yeah, listen, partner run. That's how fundamentally when big law firms die, it's because of partner runs. Right. When all of a sudden there are no partners left to kind of carry the business. That's what happened with LeClaire Ryan. That's what happened with Dewey, Bal not Dewey Ballantyne, Dewey LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Yeah. Fundamentally, when the partner runs happen... Yeah, but, but this is a little different than a partner run because it's not just that a bunch of partners decided it was time to bail, mm -hmm. uh, which LeClaire Ryan, for instance, uh, everyone bailed to various different places. And that's the that's the usual way this happens. This is much more like that. That It, it was Bingham, right? I'm not making yeah, that up. Yeah, I think uh, Bingham, Bingham, Bingham death, where one firm has decided to take a massive, Crit a critical mass, uh, mm -hmm. that is actually the correct use of that term, a critical mass of the partnership of another firm, basically getting all the business from that firm With without taking none of on the liabilities. Any, any of the liabilities. It's, I mean, really, you got to you gotta give it up to whole of there, right? Like, that's, that's quite the coup. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that 
or remember, Hogan Levels had been in the market earlier in the year. They had been talking to Sherman about getting in on that, which mm-hmm. didn't happen. Uh, but AO eventually. Ultimately, Alan Overy looks like they're going to get there. Yeah, I think that was that was approved by the partnership. Yeah. So that one will probably happen. But yeah, no, it is it is wild, sort of the struck story. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens to those remaining partners. What you said about half of the partnership will soon call themselves whole love partners. Yeah, it's it's around that amount. It's somewhere over 30. And again, I now looked it up to just verify uh, this was back in 2014 when Morgan Lewis hired 226 Bingham partners mm-hmm. in a fell swoop out of the 300 that there had been. 226? Per- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, ba- they, they took basically all the business from Bingham and then Bingham collapsed uh, soon afterwards. That'll do it. You took, mm-hmm. a, you took a farm worth of a farm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's basically a merger where you don't take on any of the liabilities, which obviously sucks the most for staff members who are the folks who tend to get left behind in that situation with no recourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, look, so we knew Hogan Levels was in the mood to add people. Uh, that's why they were talking to Sherman. Uh, obviously, there were barriers with Sherman that a lot of other firms had also seen, which is why they had been on the market for as long as they had been. Hogan Levels decided ultimately that that was not a move that they found prudent. But here, they managed to get folks. Uh, and, you know, that's the other thing with individual hiring people individually rather than taking on the whole business is sometimes when you take on the whole business, and this is speculatively what is the problem with firms like Strook and Pillsbury when they try to go on the market as mergers, they have agreements, uh, partnership agreements that carry with them, you know, mm-hmm. pensions and, you know, Liability, ongoing, yeah. ongoing payments. And all of that gets renegotiated when you're an individual and, yeah. lateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to take on the obligations to fund health insurance plans for retired partners and stuff like that, like you would if you were to merge. So, mm-hmm. Uh, It it is interesting to kind of the notion of collapsed law firms in general, especially because this week also um, a paper came out uh, about what happened to the Dewey and LaBeouf folks. Um, Andrew Granato wrote about what happened to the lawyers that were sort of left behind, not the ones that were the partner run, but the the people who people who were left unemployed as a result of the collapse of Dewey and LaBeouf and found out that ultimately in over the course of the long term, there was really no negative impact to their careers. They were just as likely to have made partner at a big law firm as if they had stayed at a functional law firm, which is interesting. Yeah, no, that is true. Uh, obviously, that was the do we remember the biggest collapse? Uh, oh. uh, yes, and for uh, people who are maybe not geriatric uh, millennials. Wow. Geriatric millennials is the term, Joe. Okay. Uh, but when Dewey and LaBeouf collapsed in 2012, above the law, leaned hard into all of the puns of, of their name. Every article was, do we think that this has happened? Right. Do we? Oh, no. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh no, we did. We we did. I mean, we were. I wasn't. I was not working here. But that was certainly the uh, above the law take. Was do we whatever? All right. Do we think we should take a break now? Okay. Let's do that. 
Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. Okay, so we're back. Let's talk. Uh, there, Catherine, you had a story about a prank uh, that went not great. Uh, you know, it, it just it just strikes me that maybe uh, when you're on an airplane is not the time to engage in pranksterism. Okay, it's just, it's just probably it's probably not the moment, right? I'm assuming this is not the the pilot who tried to crash the plane. This is somebody else. <laughs> this is a big law. Well, Australian firm Coors, uh, for, now former partner, uh, Chris Allen, uh, was uh, involved in some sort of a prank where uh, they were, he was on a business trip on a Virgin flight from Sid- Sydney to Tasmania and wrote some sort of a note uh, and tried to implicate uh, his colleague in the note writing. Uh, but then a steward or a flight attendant found the note and whatever was on there, which we don't have confirmation, there's wild speculation as to what was on this note. We don't have confirmation of what was on this note, but it alarmed the flight attendant. And uh, when they landed, there were police waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Police were waiting uh, for for the 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 uh, for for the plane, uh, and the attorney wound up getting away with uh, just sort of a warning, a written warning, as opposed to any sort of charges uh, or fines or anything like that, which is great for uh, so he just got an infringement notice, uh, which is great for him legally, but uh, the firm uh, <laughs> was not thrilled with his lack of judgment, I, I imagine, and accepted his prompt resignation. Uh, well, look, it's uh, airplanes take things pretty seriously. 9-11 was a while ago, but it, it it's very much in the forefront of, of people who work in the airline industry's mind. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> That's why you never travel with somebody, or if you travel with somebody, you always refer to them by their full name, like like refer to them formally, like John or something like that, because you don't want to like wave and go, hi, Jack. Oh. Yeah, so let's never do that again. Yeah, okay, that was that was a joke. See, yeah. that was a kind that was the kind of joke that you should refrain from on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, that joke bombed. It's <laughs> Chris Allen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that joke okay. bombed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so maybe don't try to pull a prank on an airline uh, if you want to keep your partnership at a law firm. 
Also, look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> okay. Uh, with all of that said, uh, that was all there was to that story? That, that was, uh, don't leave your drink unattended at a bar. I don't know what other news you can use. This was a story that did did really well. Well, because, you know? it, it, listen. It's so obviously think, dumb. That's what. <laughs> it's so yeah. obviously dumb. There's not a ton to say, but I, I think that. This kind of uh, goes along with some of the stories you talked about last week, uh, that when you're working for a law firm, part of what you're being uh, hired and you're being employed to do is exercise judgment. Mm. If you were doing something that demonstrates a severe problem or a deficiency in that department, firms aren't going to react great to that information, right? And I think that trying to pull a prank on an airline is is one way that shows terrible judgment. I think that, you know, sending yeah. hate uh, back to our, our DMs to yeah. people is another way to show terrible judgment. And I think that, that you know, employers are going to act accordingly. Look, Abe, last week was rough uh, traffic-wise. It was just a string of Trump updates. Uh, and then, <laughs> so finding things, and it, like it's not like we're, not willing to talk about Trump updates here, but like, oh, look, you get that news from a lot of places. Uh, obviously, you know how that's all going. So we try to let you know about some of the other legal news that's not just uh, the former president's multiple criminal trials happening. Getting more gag orders and more yeah. violations of gag orders and, and, and. He's been on a tear this morning, just like constant attacks on judges and stuff uh, in all caps. This is, this is going to end. I mean, in fairness, Judge Chutkin's order does not uh, does not gag him from criticizing her. Correct. Uh, so, Correct. so he's he's taken that he he's taken that opening uh, and has been on it for well, several I mean, hours now. Yeah, yeah, that gag order is very limited, and I think appropriately limited in a way to kind of withstand any First Amendment challenges. But that is the result when you have a a party like Donald Trump appearing in your court. The thing that gets me yeah. are the people that yeah. act as if writing in caps lock makes it thing more persuasive. <laughs> like, why are you yelling? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like my eyes almost glaze over all cap yeah. information. I'm like, ah, it's like uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable to read the same way like somebody yelling in a bar is uncomfortable to Has me. Has anybody noticed that? Like, uh, do we think he's decided consciously to lean into the stolen thing because uh, he spells stolen with two L's. Uh, it, and is that that he he thinks that makes it like, is that stronger than regular stolen? Is it that if he uses that, like, I, I don't know. I It's oh. it's a thing. He maybe uses stolen to, with two L's. Maybe he's trying to like show that he uses like the, it's like stolen, like like a Spanish L. Okay, know? okay. I don't know. It's it's hard to make sense of this man. Isn't okay, that, well, that yeah. a loaf of bread with two L's? <laughs> what? Isn't there like a like a stolen loaf of? Isn't that like a thing? What Is in it, the world are you talking about? <laughs> I thought that there was like some bread that was called like a stole loaf or something. I did grow uh, up I seeing mean, bimbo bread. And as a kid, I never understood what was going on. By the way, stolen bread with two L's is absolutely a thing. It's oh. German bread. Okay, I'm not okay. crazy. Oh, so you... maybe he's just talking about German Christmas bread. <laughs> there you go. By the way, you definitely made me feel like I had, I had like 
I had completely imagined the fact that I had seen stolen with two L's frequently Wait, <laughs> yep. in I, reference to baked goods. I didn't know what it was. That didn't mean that it wasn't real. Like I certainly wasn't trying to make it seem like I'm the arbiter of every bread product in the I world. I mean, listen, if, if you're or the, not arbiter, the archivist of every bread product. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, no, stolen bread is a Christmas German bread and it's delicious. Okay. Well, if well, you like dried fruits. Like like a lot of kind of Christmas treats, they had tend to have dried fruits because it's in the winter, I guess, when fresh yeah, fruits are right, really available. Yeah. I mean, look, all that we know is that the 2020 election was Christmas fruit breaded. Um, <laughs> I bet that's part of it, though, that it is literally a word, so it doesn't come up as like spell checked. Oh, wrong. maybe. Oh, I wonder. Ah. So he thinks it's and right. Now he's leaning into it. All right. Well, let's... Or, or he just thinks that it's right. I would not be surprised if in his private conversations, Trump is using German words with his friends. No. Oh, oh, fair, fair. But it you know, all like comes words, back. It all loops back. But like okay. some words can be with one L or two, like canceled can be one L or two L's. Those are both considered correct. Mm. Maybe he thinks it's like that. Okay, so uh, let's finish up. Let's talk about uh, there's a Speaker of the House. Yeah, no, it's Ooh. not... There's actually a Speaker of the House, uh, which is a thing that we didn't think was ever going to happen, but now it has. It is Mike Johnson. And the the sort of quickness by which it, Mike Johnson became a nominee and then actually Speaker, I think is the only reason he became Speaker, because I think if there had been more time to figure out who this mystery man was, it probably would have. There are rumblings uh, that things may soon come up that derailed this guy. But anyway, he is... Uh, now the speaker, he's from Louisiana. He's a big favorite with oil and gas lobbyists. He used to be the spokesperson for the giant Noah's Ark replica that they're building, that they built in like Tennessee or whatever. Uh, oh. That was like one of his things. That's um, a weird thing to yeah. be known for. Well, you know, um, anyway, he believes that the earth is 6,000 years old, which, well, you know, there you is go. a thing. Uh, oh, anyway, God. but it, there is a legal connection and we wrote a, story about this actually uh shout out to the baptist global news who act or baptist news global who actually had the original story which uh great tipster pointed me in the direction of of their coverage of this which is that mike johnson actually used to be a law school dean which you know you wouldn't necessarily know because he does not put this on his resume in any way hmm, it's just that's weird gap. it's a it's a it's a pretty prestigious job you would think that you would want think people you to know like, yes yeah. i have i have done this like elena kagan i have been a law school dean right so much like elena kagan he's been a law school dean uh not m- much not like elena kagan his law school uh didn't ever actually succeed oh. uh it fell apart uh he was named the dean of the Judge Paul Pressler Law School at Louisiana College, or what as it was called at the time, it has a new name now, uh, Louisiana College does. Uh, the law school never really made it. A lot of reasons, uh, things like accreditation became problems. Uh, uh, there was also the fact that it's named after Judge Paul Pressler, a kind of big name in the conservative evangelical movement who has um, a number of accusers who, yeah, oh. uh, yeah, so. Uh, that makes it, it it's hard to get a law school off the ground at that point and thus uh mike johnson eventually moved on uh and just never spoke of this again let us never speak of this again yeah <laughs> but no this was one of his jobs uh I, this story was actually kind of fun because i had to i had to go in and make an update to it hmm. which you know we we 
endeavor to always be correct about our stories. Sure, uh, sure. And I had to make this update, and it was a confusing update because I had I had culled a lot of the contemporaneous coverage of this law school when it was first being put together. As one And does. I had block quotes from Mike Johnson saying XYZ, whatever. And uh, the original author of the Baptist News Global reached out to me to point out that some of the Mike Johnsons I had in these block quotes were different Mike Johnsons than this Mike Johnson, who was the Dean Mike Johnson, because there were other Mike Johnsons who were on the board of trustees at the school at the time, because Mike Johnsons really, really love Louisiana College, apparently. You oh, know, man. that is one of that is one of those uh, those kind of things that make the fact that everyone nowadays is obsessed with the most unique baby names. Right. Really kind of like, yeah, this is why we have, you know. Tragedy as a name, L E I G H. You know, I got some, uh, I got some, some flack for not taking the story down because I put an update in where I'm like, actually, this is not the same Mike Johnson in this sure. paragraph, and people are like, how dare you leave the story up if it's not the same Mike Johnson? And I'm like, no, no, it, it, it's some of them it are. Is, some <laughs> of these are the same Mike Johnson. They, the, the story's about the right Mike Johnson, but this is Mike. Yeah, apparently, I was told uh, the. That the Mike Johnson, who is now the speaker, went by J. Michael Johnson back then. And I understand why, because if you're surrounded <laughs> by that many Mike Johnsons, you might want to come up with a different name. So how did but, you how did you change it? Did you put a little asterisk by one I did, Mike I, Johnson? I, I, you know, like our our usual function where I put a, a in bold bracketed update to explain the situation. And this is why kids are now named Apple. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's it, again, this this good this brings us full circle. It's why when you're traveling, you you refer to John as opposed to saying uh, hi Jack, you know? Like it's See, we we got all the way back to the Did we though? We and did. is that is that a good thing? If you bring back a joke that bombed, is that a bomb threat? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to end now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's for everyone's benefit. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you should be subscribed to the show so you get these episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, write stars, and write things. It always helps. You should be reading uh, Above the Law, so you read these and other stories before we chat about them here. You should be listening to The Jabot, which is Catherine's other podcast. You can check out the Legal Tech. Uh, I'm a guest on the Legal <laughs> yeah. Tech Come on, you got it. You got it there, buddy. I believe in you. You had a good couple months where you were just rolling it (laughs) off. This is the best callback of the show. (laughs) I wish I could see his face. (laughs) <laughs> we are on zoom you can look at <laughs> no y'all y'all is in the listeners oh okay keep it up, keep up. okay got it got it got it uh, yeah, the legal tech week journalist roundtable which i'm a panelist on you can listen to the other shows on the legal talk network uh we have various social medias uh the publication is at atl blog on twitter x whatever i'm joseph patrice catherine is catherine one the numeral one chris is at rights for rent on blue sky i'm at joe patrice catherine is still catherine one i believe and chris you are still rights for rent or no still rights for rent on twitter still- and blue sky and okay. one quick thing I, the x yeah x makes the sh sound right it can I propose instead of saying X from me on Twitter, we just call it shitter. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Or or just shh. Shh. Okay. So, right. So, that's all of that. And I think with all of that said, we will uh, be done and uh, check you out next week. Peace. Peace.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.